0: And now on WRS, Michael McKay, with the McKay interview. Hello, everyone. The COVID-19 pandemic is the worst in 100 years. Apart from the great tragedies inflicted upon many, many families all over the world, it has thrown up a number of conundrums, puzzles like the scientific, the medical, the spiritual, the economic, and many others. Today, the 2nd of June, 2020, I'm going to look at COVID-19 through the prism of economics. I mentioned the date because events can change quickly between recording and broadcast. Remember, I said at the beginning of this mini-series back in April that I'd be looking at the pandemic through a variety of prisms, with the help of guests far more knowledgeable than me, in order order to help me and you understand what's really going on better. Today, my guest is a longtime friend, and in fact, she was my second guest on this show back in 2012, the eminent the much appreciated and the very wise Professor Emerita Victoria Curzon Price was for many years Professor of Economics at the University of Geneva and also at the European Institute at that same university. Her areas of interest include international trade, economic integration, institutional competition, and political economy. Previously, she was President of the Montparnasse Society. And she once, just over 10 years ago, even dipped her toe into the world of politics by being elected Deputy to the Council of Geneva's Parliament. Some of you listening will know her, might even have had the good fortune to have been taught by her. Hello, Vicky, it's great to see you again, even if we are only meeting via
1: the Zoom screen. Right. Hello, Michael, good to see you. You've got a very nice back screen. Yes, I, I won't go into the, the, the,
0: re, the reason for that back screen before I accept to say that I have an untidy office. Uh, we, Vicky, would. <laughs> seriously limited by time to deal with some of the big economic questions that I have for you today. So I'm going to start straight away. I'm guided by the words of President Harry Truman, though I always thought the words were a prayer attributed to Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Lord, give me a one-handed economist. Vicky, imagine that you are an advisor to a modern Western and let's say broadly liberal government somewhere in Europe, and you've been called in to give economic advice on how best to get out of the economic hole of the lockdown That the country is in thanks to COVID 19. You've been asked the question, well, Professor, what would you recommend that we do? Though you might be tempted to begin your opening sentence to the President or the Prime Minister or the Cabinet with Truman's words on the one hand. What, in fact, would you say, Vicky? What arguments would be in each of your hands? And when asked for your
1: recommendation, what would you actually give? Well, first of all, act quickly to prevent a meltdown of the economy. All our governments have done this and they're right to do so. Because you have to prevent, in a lockdown, you have to prevent um, uh, a serial bankruptcies. One bankruptcy leading to another, leading to another, leading to another, and a destruction, total destruction of the economy. You have to prevent that. That means acting very quickly to, to keep companies afloat. But that is in the immediate. That is sort of in the first two months during the lockdown. Uh, once the lockdown's over, we have to emerge into, a, as you know, a new normal. And there, you've got to change things. You have to uh, put, you have to make sure that the economy that uh, emerges is going to be different from the one that went into the the, the virus because everybody knows things have changed a lot. It's been an accelerator of change. Now, how do you do that? Many governments think that they can sort of foresee the future and direct investment where it's needed. You need to put the money into people's pockets so that consumers can lead the economy into the, into the new path. Of course, there's some some money goes to government policy, but most of it, I would say a good half or two thirds should go into people's pockets. Uh, this, this means, you know, it's, it's not really helicopter money as Milton Friedman once put it as a joke, really. But I think the easiest way to do it, and the most popular, would be just to cut taxes. Now, which tax is the easiest to cut quickly? I would, you cut VAT, that puts money into people's pockets. A far less popular me- um, a measure, any government would be brave enough to do it, would also to cut or possibly abolish corporate tax. Because uh, corporation tax is actually paid by you and me. It's never paid by the corporation. The owners of the company, that is you and me, because most of our, our pension funds invest in, in companies. So uh, you know, we, need to, we need to have a radical cut in tax. I know that's costly when governments would go out and borrow money to fill the hole. But at least the demand is coming from the consumer. So I, would, I would do that as the first measure.
0: Let's go a little bit more deeply into that. But if I put, the, put this question in a slightly different way, after such a dramatic and sudden drop in consumer demand since last February, March, do you think that economies really can surge ahead after the lockdown is unlocked? Or would the economies more likely be to stumble ahead? Would stumble be a better word? And what will the outcome depend on, surge or stumble?
1: Yeah, well, I think that a lot of the economies will stumble because people are extremely depressed and uncertain. And instead of going out and spending, they'll probably, you know, rack, rack up their savings. Well, so what? That doesn't... That, but. I can tell you that my, my proposal to put money directly into people's pockets would, in fact, m- make sure that the economy started to zoom. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, it takes a long time, you know. It's not that easy to spend billions and billions without making mistakes. And just throwing that money at existing corporations is not going to uh, do more than just make the economy tick over. And it may not tick over because the demand isn't there. Yeah. So I maintain and say we have to put money into people's
0: pockets. My guest today is Professor Emeritus Victoria Curzon-Price of Geneva University. Vicky, there's a new phrase being bandied around these days. In fact, you used it at the beginning of our conversation, the new normal, meaning that once this pandemic is behind us, things will not revert to the way they were. And history tells us that after the great Spanish flu pandemic of 1918, but the circumstances were quite different, obviously, things never were the same again. This time, so some are saying, green issues, the social contract, how societies not only recognize but reward people who do important but financially unrewarding jobs like nurses and care, care workers, and other issues too will feature more prominently. So as an economist, what do you think the
1: new normal will look like and why? Ooh, there's an awful lot in that one. I've yeah. got to pack it for you. <laughs> well, I think, first of all, uh, th- there is going to be a step back from globalization. Uh, people have understood that uh, the, the point we'd reached where you know, thing, um, essential items were being manufactured in China and nowhere else means that the economy, the world economy becomes fragile. It may be efficient, cost effective but if there's only one supplier then it's fragile it's not robust or resilient and it's worth paying a kind of insurance for resilience to have two or three suppliers for essential products so there's going to be some movement away from globalization which will have to be policy oriented uh, because naturally the the economy just you know obeys its instincts and tries to find the lowest cost solution to today's immediate problems.
0: Can I stop you so, there? When you say policy-oriented as an economist, just put that into simple English. You mean that governments must take control of doing things in a particular way and not being driven by the market. Is that what you mean?
1: No, not really. They no. have to use the market. They no. have to use the market. But I think that one can actually uh, link uh, several, several concerns together here. The, de- the, the deglobalization um, ma- could well occur if we have a proper policy to tax carbon, we, because we know that part of the new economy has to has to include a greening, a decarbonization, zero, aiming for zero carbon by, by 2050, and we have to start now. There's no point in waiting. And that means adjusting for carbon content of imported products, as well as uh, taxing your, 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 your own carbon producers. Now that would go some way, filling the, the state, which you've emptied out by giving people a tax break. Uh, so you would decarbonize the economy, You would slightly de-globalize the world economy, and you would go some way to financing, financing this turnaround. An economy is, is always producing these, these uh, inequalities, and it's what makes it, what it. That's what makes it vibrant. If everybody were paid the same what, amount of money, no matter what they did, whether they were productive or not, that would that wouldn't that wouldn't produce an economy. That would that would in fact be an incentive for people, lot of people, not to do much. Mm. So, so you can't. It's very difficult to to keep an economy vibrant while claiming while clamoring for 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 equal or less inequality of incomes. Uh, you know, you have the growth or you, or you have stagnation. You have to choose, in a sense.
0: So you've, you've talked about the importance of uh, people, human beings. So let's examine that a little bit more closely, Vicky. The intellectual discipline to which you've devoted your life depends to a large extent on people, on human capital, though that's not a particularly edifying phrase in my view. What okay. must governments now do to persuade their people to rebuild on the economic wreckage that we see in so many parts of the economy both national and global let's just talk a little bit more about the motivation of people by government
1: we well to, first we of all you have to cheer them up you yeah. have to cheer them up by by giving them uh, by reducing the level of taxation i think yeah. that would cheer them up a lot um but i think that the the um the uh let's say the high school primary school and university agendas have to be seriously rethought to meet the modern demands has to be done in conjunction with whatever the, the, new fir- the newly successful firms coming out of the uh, um, uh, pandemic are going, to, are going to be asking for. It's clear that the digital world, the digital system, the computer systems, which we know how complicated they can be, we need massive investment in this. This is the future. Uh, we need specialists in every sense, in every direction in that way and uh, a, a country can't survive without its, without its digital specialists. Uh,
0: and last question, uh, Vicky, because the time's against me again. When seen through your economist prism, do you see anything good coming out of what we're going through now? I mean, hope springs eternal, but will the realists eventually have their
1: day? <laughs> never, never waste a good crisis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I think plenty of things will, will change for the good um it's uh, it's not going to be easy it's not an easy thing but the 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 fact is that we will be able to uh, make the transition to a a greener a less carbon based economy uh, with much more uh, public support than before and i think that's actually, is going to be one of the big pluses. Plus, I mean, people are going to start washing their hands, which is also <laughs> a big plus, because then you're going to have far f- less cases of flu, and we'll probably find we have too many doctors and too many hospitals.
0: Yeah. Vicky, <laughs> thanks so much for making time for me today and answering all my questions. I'm sorry we had a few issues with the, uh, with the Wi-Fi, but I hope that the listeners can hear everything quite clearly in the end. My guest today has been Professor Emerita Victoria Curzon Price of Geneva University. Thanks so much, Vicky.
1: Thank you, Michael.
0: That was The McKay Interview with Michael McKay. And don't forget, you can hear that interview again on our website worldradio.ch.